0: Welcome back to the podcast. I'm back today with another really good listener question. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. And it says, aside from habit building, what keeps you on track when you have days you're just not feeling motivated to move? What advice would you have for others when they struggle to stay on plan? Okay. It's a very good question. And it's really interesting to see. I feel like a lot of the questions I've received so far have this kind of underlying question of how to stay motivated or how to be disciplined or how to actually get yourself to do the thing to help you reach your goals. So I'm seeing this as a very common thread and I know I've kind of touched on this similar questions in episodes one and two, but I'm going to kind of come at this question from a different angle and provide some alternative courses of action that you can adopt aside from building healthy habits. And the reason that I say this is because Yes. My number one tip for getting yourself to do the thing when you don't feel like doing it is to make it a lifestyle. And in order to make it a lifestyle, you have to build and ingrain that habit into your muscle memory, basically. But the thing is, to get to that point, you have to do something consistently for, what, 21 days? It's not always easy when you're first starting off to get to even the point of having an established healthy habit. And I get that. And a lot of people, when they start something, they quit much sooner than the one-month period or the three-week period. So that's why I'm going to kind of get, get into this. And these are tips for you along your journey in general, but also I think these can be a lot more helpful for people just starting out where you're kind of like taking stock of all of the resources you have available to you to help you take action towards achieving your goals. So I'm going to start off with my first tip, which is focusing on a deeper why. So most of the people I've worked with, most of the people I talk to who are struggling with this, like they want to pursue their health and fitness journey for aesthetic reasons initially. This is most of the people I talk to. This is not always all. However, I also find that the people that are pursuing aesthetic goals tend to have a deeper reason behind it. So for example, let's say you want to... Lean out. You want to be slimmer. You want to lose 10 pounds. That's a great goal to have if you are 10 pounds overweight, but initially, most people want to do it to look better, right? And again, nothing wrong with that, but there's typically something else behind it. Maybe it's, for example, like you, you feel like crap. Like you just feel like your clothes don't fit you. You feel like you don't have the energy you used to. And maybe because of that, you're not putting yourself out there in social situations like you used to, like, you're just not as confident. You're not feeling outgoing. You're not feeling energized. And that's actually hindering you and like the social sphere of your life. And that's, that's a much deeper why than just being like, Oh, I just want a flatter stomach or, you know, I want my thighs to slim down. Right? Like those are very, Two almost completely different things, but they're very intertwined. And so one of the things I like to do when I'm taking on new clients is like, I ask you what your goals are from pretty much a surface level. Like what areas of your body are you looking to improve? What areas of your nutrition? But then I like to take it a level deeper because wanting to look quote unquote better is not a strong enough motivator to get you out of bed on days when you feel like you've had a really shitty day and you just don't have the will to get in your car and drive to the gym, right? Like that is not a strong enough motivating factor. It's like, okay, this me wanting visible abs is not pressing enough for me to honestly sacrifice some other things in my life that I enjoy doing to go do that. So, we need to think about the deeper reasoning. Some examples are maybe you're a mom and, you know, you've had trouble losing weight after having kids. However, you know, While you do want to slim out and look and feel your best, you also just want to establish healthy habits to make you a better mom, and you want to have the energy to play with your kids, and you want to be able to educate your kids about making healthy choices. So you can have multiple different motivating factors that are contributing to your reasonings for pursuing health and fitness, but you want to look at extrinsic and intrinsic motivators. So extrinsic are the more surface level ones. Like I mentioned, aesthetic goals intrinsic is like what is really, really driving you at the end of the day. For me, Yes, I, I had I had a twofold response to this too. You know, I did want to slim out because I felt like I was carrying a lot of inflammation and extra weight in my midsection, but the deeper reason that actually got me to the place that I am today was not that. My deeper motivation was wanting to heal my chronic health issues. And I will say for a time, I knew there was something off internally, and my bigger motivation was wanting to look better and that was getting me nowhere. That was sending me down an endless spiral of just like not caring enough at the end of the day about what I looked like to continue to push myself and just giving up and then starting over with the same goal and it was like it just was not enough. And then when I realized like oh my god I have all these health issues that I could You know, try to overcome and by proxy, like I will eventually feel better and then look better because I'll have the energy to work out more consistently. By focusing on that intrinsic motivator, I found myself making so much more progress. And so this is just something that I like to challenge people to think about. It might be, it might come easily to you in a matter of seconds, your extrinsic motivator. But what is your intrinsic motivator? Like, take some time to reflect on that. Honestly, even journal on that and really get to the root of why you care about health and fitness. Why do you care about making choices that are going to contribute to your longevity? And I mean, that could be reason enough, right? (laughs) Wanting to live a long and happy and healthy life. So that's my first tip. My second tip is especially critical if you're just getting started. But again, if you're not at the point where you feel like you've established healthy habits yet and you're just looking for, ways to get yourself to the gym or on the yoga mat or, you know, to your little workout section of your house every single day, because it's just not a part of your lifestyle yet. I would say one of the biggest things that can help you is accountability. And this can come in a few different formats. One, working out with a friend or a partner. I will say to this day, sometimes I struggle to get myself to the gym. I've had a long day. I work from home. And so there's no, like, When I used to work in an office, I would pass the gym on the way home. And that was like a signal enough to me, like, okay, all you have to do is pull over. You're going to go to the gym on the way home. It was just part of my routine. Now I have to actively go out of my way 20 minutes each way to the gym, which is not crazy. I understand that. But it is really hard when I have to work up the willpower to go and do that and physically leave my house and go somewhere. And I know other people struggle with this too but my husband and I work out at the same gym and even though he doesn't work from home most days he'll will plan a time for us to meet up at the gym and we don't even do the same program we're just meeting each other there <laughs> and it's kind of this unspoken accountability he's like all right so you'll be there at 5 right and i'm like yeah i'll see you there and i'm not going to just like not go and make up you know a bs excuse so having some kind of accountability like that can be great whether or not you're working out with the person Um, this also comes in the form of working with a coach like myself. I check in on my clients all week pretty much. And I ask them how their workout programs are going. I tell them if they, you know, need to come to me and if they need a little kick in the butt, I'm happy to do so. You could have an in-person trainer where, you know, you're paying for your session and if you miss your session, you still pay for it. And Honestly, a lot of the times having having a monetary investment into your health and fitness is one of the strongest ways to get you to follow through. And this is why I strongly believe in pricing my offers at what they should be valued at because even though it might seem a little expensive to some people, there's a reason that personal training costs what it costs. I mean, at the same time, well, while you should, of course, be compensating your coach for the value they're providing, it is also important that you're not just paying $10 for a personal training session because how easy would it be to just be like, eh, okay, it's $10. Like, I'm not going to go today. I just don't feel like it. That is the business model of certain gyms that I shall not name, but there are a lot of gyms that are very low monthly cost because they, and they have on a lot more patrons than they can actually like hold in their physical facility. That's because they know people aren't going to come and they're kind of capitalizing on the fact that people won't show up if it's a really low monthly membership. There's no incentive to cancel, right? It's like, Oh, it's just five or $10 a month. Why would I cancel? Maybe I'll go next month and they continue to pay, but that adds up over the course of time. And they're able to get a lot more people in the door for a low price point. So it is worth noting that the more you are physically or monetarily invested in something, the more that, the more likely you are to actually show up. So don't completely disregard something because it looks like a higher price point. You know, it's, maybe that's actually what you need to get yourself to show up and do the thing. Okay, my next tip is structure. And this kind of goes with accountability, but it's like having a plan in place. Because I think a lot of the times what blocks people from actually showing up to their workout or, you know, following their nutrition program is just like a lack of energy, right? At the end of the day, you've had a long work day or you've had a long day with your kids. You just don't have the mental capacity to think about those kinds of things. You don't have the mental energy to show up to the gym and be like, Oh, okay. Like what body parts do I need to work out today? Okay. Now what exercises can I do that? I didn't do last time I came here to work out those body parts. And like, how long should my workout be? Or okay, I'm you know trying to make a meal for tomorrow, but I don't have any ingredients planned out or like any type of meal plan that I'm following. What can I make for my fridge? Okay, shoot, I need to go to the store. Like That sounds exhausting to me because it is exhausting <laughs> if you've ever been there. And the more structure you have in place, the less mental capacity that it takes to actually show up and get it done. And this is why I'm such a huge proponent of programs having a phased and very intentionally planned exercise program is so critical to having success. I do this for myself. Even if I'm not writing my own program, I will purchase a program from somebody I trust because it's so much easier for me to just show up to the gym, look at the piece of paper and be like, this is what I have to get done today. Instead of, well, I use my app as everybody knows. (laughs) I have an app that I know and love that I use with my clients and that makes it so much easier too. I just like pull up my template. I check off exercises as I go. It's amazing. Um, But yeah, this is something else that you can also obviously achieve through working with a coach, um, whether it's in person or online like myself, you If you're paying for an in-person coach, you're showing up to the gym and they give you the workout. Um, If you're using an online trainer like myself, I give you the program. I'll check in with you. You let me know how your weekly workouts are going, things like that. But having that program takes out so much guesswork and it's just like so much mental energy is cleared up, which can then clear up a lot of physical energy, I truly believe. So I think that is key. And then my next tip for you is to make sure that your workout program is something you actually look forward to. So I am really big on this when I work with clients because I know how hard it can be to, especially things like strength training when you're, when you're newer and you don't have that confidence yet because the movements are new, you don't feel strong. You kind of have that self doubt, like who am I to show up in the, in the dumbbell section of a gym that's predominantly occupied by males. Like I've been there myself and it can be very demotivating, but making sure that you infuse some elements of enjoyment into your program is so important. So for example, I'm working with a girl who's a runner right now and uh, for the goals that she's trying to obtain running strictly running is not going to help her get there. Like she needs to be doing strength training as well, but I don't want her to cut out running altogether because she looks forward to that every single week. And so we found ways to add that into her active recovery section of her program so that she's able to run a few days a week while also still working on the things that are going to help her get to her goals. But for me, I mean, I love bouldering. I love climbing. I also love yoga. So those are activities that I work in. I work basically my entire program is planned around the things that I enjoy most. So I love to rock climb twice a week. I think to myself, okay, what muscle groups is that working out and where can I supplement with strength training or where can I do some accessory work to help basically amplify my workout at the climbing gym and I also just do physical activity for enjoyment like I love to stretch and do yoga for my active recovery time or go on long walks and so that's why when I work with clients it's a very collaborative effort to like not only give them a strength training program that I think will help them get to where they need to be but I'm also you know bouncing ideas off them about what they like to do and how we can strategically implement that as well but other ways to make sure that you get excited are you know make a bomb ass workout playlist for yourself i've had the same workout playlist for probably several years but you know i know the songs i love the beats like it gets me going and it kind of because there's that repetition with playing the same songs every time i go to the gym it helps shift my brain mentally when i start playing it like okay this is my workout jam here I go. Like it's kind of second nature. And there's actually some type of scientific reasoning for that. There's kind of a thing you can do to like signal to your brain that your body's about to do something and it actually helps physically prepare it. So for example, I know some people that like to spray lavender essential oil on their pillow. And that signals to their brain, like, oh, okay, you do this every night right before I go to bed. So it means that it's bedtime and I'm going to start winding down. But you can do that with working out too, uh, whether just some kind of ritual. And if you make it repetitive and it's something small that you enjoy, it can help kind of build a positive association with actually getting yourself to go to the gym and do the workout. And so. One thing that I know some people do is they're super obsessed with their pre-workouts and they have different flavors that they love and they really enjoy just making that pre-workout drink and I understand that, although I'm not a pre-workout drinker myself, nor do I condone drinking tons of caffeine in the middle of the afternoon, but that's for another time. <laughs> um, however, if that's what you need to do to get yourself like in the mental state of like, all right, I'm ready to go, then do it. That's... At the end of the day, the benefits definitely outweigh the costs. So think of ways to make yourself excited, even if it's super small, even if it means treating yourself to like a healthy little protein bar that you grab at the store right next to the gym after your workout, or maybe your gym sells protein shakes that you love. And so every Friday after you finish your workout, you go and get your favorite protein shake, just simple things like that. So hopefully these have been helpful ideas for how to get yourself to show up for your movement. And I'll address the second part of the question now, which is what advice would you have for others when they struggle to stay on plan? I would say make sure first you actually have a plan because I feel like when people use the word plan, a lot of times it's just this like mental vision they have of, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. And it's about As detailed as that. And it's like, that's not really a plan, in my opinion. A plan is something you can print out that has specifics on it. I love this example, but one of my clients that I worked with, when I first sent her her PDF of her workout program, I always include kind of like a weekly schedule, like an example schedule of like, okay, this is what you do on day one. This is what you do on day two, day three, day four, day five. She printed it out, cut it out, and put it, taped it on the bottom of her monitor at work because she would go work out during her workday at the local gym during her lunch break. And I thought that was so great. So again, it's taking the guesswork out of everything. But if you do have a plan and you fall off your plan, I think my biggest tip is, To stop delaying getting back on track. And I have talked about this ad nauseum in my last few episodes, but I feel like people do this with the month of December. They just write it off. It's like, oh, I have too many parties coming up this month, so I'm just going to wait till January. And it's like, listen, you might have three actual parties. It might be one every weekend, but maybe you have three parties coming up this month. And that's only three days of an entire month. And you're now writing off this entire month completely. When you could be spending the days in between working on building habits and like getting some movement in, and of course, it's a classic excuse of like somebody falling off their program or having a bad day of eating and saying, all right, it's fine, I'll just start tomorrow or I'll start on Monday when it's a fresh week. No, make the next moment a fresh moment, and this is something I have had to work so hard on for myself was... I talked about in my previous episode some of the struggles I went with with eating in high school and uh, yeah, that took a toll on me and when it would happen and I would kind of spiral out of control, I would tell myself, you know what, at this point you screwed up so just start again tomorrow, but I would have the same issue tomorrow and by allowing yourself to continue the habits that aren't serving you just because it's easier to start with the opposite habit or the healthy habit the next day, you're reinforcing those unhealthy habits by just continually allowing yourself to basically continue them. And so we need to learn how to be okay with taking an intentional pause and deciding that the next moment is going to be your restart. And something that I like to do personally, if I ever feel like I'm getting off track with my eating, especially this could be at a social event or whatever, I just feel like it gets a little out of control. I'll pause, I'll take a few breaths, and then I know that people, I feel like people crave the sensation of feeling like things are clear and fresh, and that's why we decide to wait till tomorrow. It feels like you've had time to process everything that went through you, and it's like you wake up with this clean slate, which is obviously not really the case, but mentally it makes sense. So what I will do kind of in place of waiting for the next day is I'll take my giant water bottle, I'll chug some water, and I just have this like – I don't know, sensation that I just feel like I have a clean start moving forward. And also, it's a great way to break yourself out of that habit in the moment. It's taking an intentional step back and forcing yourself to do something different and kind of divert your attention to a different action. And that's helped me a lot. So that's kind of an example of how you can approach situations like that. But yeah, you're going to mess up. It's never going to be 100%. I am far, far, far from 100% on top of my program every day, all day, and especially the longer you do this, the less you're going to be able to do it to a T. I mean, I've been on this journey for years now and I'm probably more lax with myself now than I ever was when I was like getting into it, (laughs) but I found ways to like be flexible with myself, like switching the days of my workouts if I need to. You know, Maybe I didn't make it to the gym today, but it's not like I'm going to discount that workout for the entire rest of the week. No, I'm just going to do it tomorrow when I was originally going to have a rest day, for example. So it's, it's finding ways to give and take. But I think before you get to that point, you really need to practice the self-discipline and the accountability and sticking to the program. And then when you kind of build that muscle of learning how to navigate all that and you have these habits built up, then you can play around with being more lenient with yourself, And moving things around, but you are going to screw up. And so the biggest thing is to just give yourself grace, because what I see more than anything is people beating themselves up every single time they fall off the wagon. And again, this was me back in the dark days, as I like to call them. Uh, But that does nothing But stress you out further and make you more anxious for the next day when you're going to try to do the same thing but differently. And I just think it compounds over time and that's eventually why people just throw in the towel and give up but Speak to yourself like you would speak to a child. You know, you be gentle, be patient, be kind. This is something new. Like, you don't expect someone to start a new job in a field they've never worked in and pick up everything in a day, right? Like, the first day they're on the job, they're a pro. No, like, you have to train yourself to have the skills and the muscles for this to become more effortless. It's going to be effortful at the beginning, but just know that the more you do it consistently, the easier it gets over time. So I hope that this answered your question, listener, and I think this brought up so many good points, and I'm glad that this question was two-part, I think. I hadn't really approached similar questions to this from this angle before, but there is a lot you can do. Again, if you need accountability, ask a friend, ask a coach. I actually have a free challenge starting up in January. It's technically 10 days, but the challenge portion of it is nine days and it's totally free for you to join. It's gonna be hosted on Instagram. We're gonna have a group DM where I basically am gonna help you establish three new healthy habits or get started in the process of establishing them, covering the different pillars that are sleep and stress is the first pillar, movement is the second, and nutrition is the third. And you get to choose what which habits within those buckets you want to focus on. And I basically am going to give you tips for habit stacking and how to form them. And we're going to be in there motivating each other. And I think this is a great way to get started. And it's going to be after the holidays. Which even though I said you should not wait necessarily until after the holidays, a lot of people do. And that's kind of inevitable. People are just traveling and busy. And so that's why I'm hosting this in January. So if you want to get in on it, um, there's no obligation to join it, but go to the show notes and click the link. It's going to be really, really fun, I think. And it'll be a great way to meet other people and have those like accountability partners. And again, a strategic plan and program for you to follow. And I'm also going to be reintroducing my coaching programs this time. They will be four and six month set programs. And the reason that I'm changing things up from month to month coaching is that I wanted to make it a set amount of time with a set price point. And you can either pay that full price up front Or I'm going to be offering payment plans. And this is why I basically did this whole remodeling of my structure was to make it more financially accessible for people. So I'm going to offer the option to pay over time and payments will be as low as like $150 a month. Exact numbers TBD. But I just think that that is a great option for people who are very serious about investing in their health and fitness but don't have the means to pay a higher monthly fee. So if you're interested in that, Be sure you're subscribed to my newsletter. I'll leave the link below. You'll be the first to hear. I will have limited spots available. Everyone who is joining the free challenge will actually get first dibs and first access to that offer and they'll get um, a discount on that offer. So that is something very exciting. Just stay tuned for more information on that coming in January as well. And lastly, thank you so, so much for tuning in and listening. I seriously appreciate every single one of you that comes and listens to this. It's been Really cool to see the turnout, I guess, of listeners that I actually have on Spotify and Apple podcasts. I did not expect more than a close handful of friends to be even listening, but there's a good amount of you and that just makes me so flattered and so happy. And I just love sharing knowledge. And that is exactly why I decided to finally start a podcast was to help more people and provide free information and free resources. So if you are enjoying the podcast and you're feeling generous, please go ahead and give this show a rating and a review. It seriously helps boost my show with the algorithm and get my show on more people's eyes and in more people's feeds. So I really appreciate it. And if you have a question, of course, I would love to answer your question. I'm in need of some more. So just head to the show notes and I will have the link as always to submit a podcast question below. And I can't wait to hear your questions. All right, I'll speak to you next week. Bye.